Benvenuti nella classe DS, il livello più alto nel podcasting. Come il piolata più freddo di Sicilia e il pinguino blu, Roberto. Mi chiamo Roberto. Come stai, Justin? Sto bene. Io sono i tuoi ospite, la scimmia gialla, Giustino. Ah, uh, dove mi... <laughs> computore. Il computore... I think it's just is... il computer. My computer is here. That was some impressive Italian. This is the most Italian I've spoken in five years, probably. That was, uh, that was a little scary, and it made me uncomfortable. Well, your Italian's better than your Chinese, at least. I'd say it's about on par. Very poor. Very poor. Or you wouldn't believe it, but there's about 14 years of Italian between the two of us. I also took it in college, actually. Ooh, so like 16 years of Italian? Yeah. Rob, when's the last time you actually had to use Italian? Uh, when we were in Japan, actually, in 2017. If you remember, there was a lady uh, at one of the shops we were at, and she had the little Italian flag on her badge. So I decided, hey, why not? Let's give it a try. It didn't work. <laughs> Neither of us really do Italian. That's where you bought your JoJo figurines, if I remember. But I think you went in solo. Like, what did you try to say to her? Uh, I don't even remember. I think I was just trying to say, how much the, How much is this? Or, you know, just, uh, thank you. Grazie. Come stai? Grazie. Prego. <laughs> I think the last time I spoke was like five years ago. I had a work trip in Rome. And... I told my coworker, I said, hold on for a second. Let me, let me show you what's going on here. So we walk into a restaurant and I go, una tavola per due. And he, they're like, wow, oh, parli italiano. And I was like, oh, un po. And no. I think they're just so <laughs> thrown off by this Chinese guy speaking Italian, who's clearly an American. Um, when I got to the table, I'm literally just reading off the menu with an accent, like, una pizza con funghi e suprasata. Oh, bravissimo. They, they love me. They ate it right out of the palm of my hands. Gavagul. Gavagul. Well, I thought it was an appropriate way to open this podcast because today we'll be speaking about Porco Rosso. Crimson uh, Pig. Which we both saw on the big screen. The Crimson Pig. Uh, and it was my first time seeing the movie in about 20 years. And your, your first time, maybe two years, three years? Uh, I'd say, yeah, three years since I've seen it. And I saw it, you know, during peak pandemic. So mindset wasn't fantastic back then. And what was your what was your thoughts after rewatching the movie three years in? Honestly, it might have catapulted itself into my top three Ghibli movies. I really, really enjoyed this. And I think it was made for the big screen too, just because of all the action and like the bombastic fight scenes in the planes. Mm -hmm. It was just I don't know. It felt more organic on the on the big screen. Yeah. I think for me, I think this might have catapulted it all the way to like my favorite Ghibli movie. I don't think it's the best Ghibli movie, but like it personally touched me the most. Like Spirited Away is a little too uh, surreal. Like it's an amazing movie, but it's like a little weird. It doesn't hit me personally, but it's a great movie. But this one just like kind of tugged at the heartstrings in the right places. It really hits the right beats for me. I mean, I I know we always joke that it's an Italian pig that flies planes voiced by <laughs> Michael Keaton, but that's like, that's kind of perfect. It, it, it really just has such a cool vibe to it but it also has like the heart with porco you know it really balances being a really cool movie with awesome fight scenes and having the heart of you know porco hating himself so much that he becomes a pig mm -hmm. and having that survivor's guilt and you know 
there's depth to this if you take a second to you know look for it it does have it you know ghibli movies are definitely known for undertones and themes and they're here i mean you know some are blatant him saying i'd rather be a pig than a fascist obviously the anti-war <laughs> themes are there are there but right. you know th there's other stuff to this and i think i appreciated it more on the second rewatch than i did when i first watched it i think i'm really dense because you said something right now that i didn't even put two and two together like why did he become a pig and it's so clear that it's the guilt and the so i knew i recognized the self-hatred but i didn't put it together that that's why when he came out of the heavens like that's how he mm -hmm. got transformed um and then right. it takes a beautiful character like Theo who who warms his heart and loves him to let him love himself a little bit more to go back to being human but then it's it's Theo's kind of innocent love that makes him realize his love for Gina and going back to her after all these years, which is, you know, the end is left open for interpretation of whether, you know, Porco and the American, you know, got killed by the Italian Air Force as they were fleeing or if, you know, Porco finally returned to Gina because her garden is empty in that last scene. So, you know, it does leave it open for that interpretation. But I like to think that he, you know, finally got over his guilt and finally moved on with his life. I didn't actually notice this in the movie, but I think while rereading the summary in preparation for this podcast that the red plane is actually seen at Gina's uh, estate parked at the bottom. So it's like, right. say for what you will, but it's it's pretty clear that he does finally um, get together with Gina, which is like just a beautiful circle. Yeah, especially because Ghibli movies tend to have terrible, unthought out endings where everything kind of just like <laughs> happens at the end and you're like, oh we're done oh we finally we just got here like just like that whereas this just felt like it just tied up so perfectly you have a funny stupid last fight scene where they're punching each other out in the water mm -hmm. and then you have you know Theo just with her outro explaining you know her life and how she's working with Gina and things like that and you have just that nice moment with that shot of the empty garden which indicates you know hopefully Porco and Gina living their life finally yeah and I think that's another really good point is I think a, a couple of other Ghibli movies might be hitting harder themes and they might go to like further places, but they get kind of like lose control a little bit. Whereas this just feels like a tight little vignette and it's completed and it's like, I don't need any more to this story really. This is, this is perfect oh, package yes. as it is. It is a perfect self-contained story and it starts off strong with a brother from Everybody Loves Raymond trying to <laughs> pirate and commandeer a bunch of children and it's hilarious because the kids are so into it and they're like, oh my god, we're being abducted. This is so much fun. Porco's going to come save with us. the machine it's just, guns. It's so, yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's silly. It's cute. But it's also got like that fun plane action. I don't know. It's It's just the perfect movie, I feel like, for uh miyazaki I, I think this is his love of planes to like the fullest extent obviously the wind rises is more of his anti-war themes and his love of planes but this just felt like him at maybe peak happiness because a lot of his movies right have such depressing undertones i think this might be also like when you said love of planes my first mind also went to the wind rises but they're such different movies in the sense that like the wind rises those characters are not particularly lovable it's, it's kind of a cold movie and this is such a warm and charming movie like whether it's porco or gina or Theo or piccolo or everybody loves raymond's brother like every <laughs> single character from top to bottom who barely has a name is so lovable no absolutely and 
what is what is what we always talk about with the Ghibli movies is that they have those moments where you're not really progressing the plot. There's not a lot of action and it's not necessarily needed, but it's so perfect. And I think in this one, it's the scene where all the old Italian women are, you know, fixing up his plane, <laughs> making dinner, you know, making dinner. And it just, you know, the building of the plane could have all just been explained away and moved on from, but you take that five minutes to really just, you know, get a glimpse into that world. And, you know, these old Italian women whose husbands are off to war and their sons are off to war and they're the ones stepping up. And I feel like that just adds such a nice charm and humanity to this movie too. It's, it's huge. And I think it also does, he does a really great job of portraying like, good feminism in this film like the woman in this movie from Theo and gina to just like all the nonas are just so charming like the all the aunties also and they're all building his plane and making him dinner and he's and he can't control them they're too powerful he's like i don't want these women building my plane and he cannot stop these beautiful italian women from from doing whatever the hell they want i just also love like the old women dressed in black like uh uh, he Miyazaki had to have gone to Italy at some point in his life to study <laughs> these, this this culture because he nailed it. it. It's it's perfect. As an Italian person, does this movie hit any differently than you think it's hitting for me, like from the cultural perspective? No, I mean, I think aside from, you know, the old Italian women and, you know, Pic Piccolo and all of that, like the fun in in that part of the movie, it's not really too heavily Italian, honestly. You know, it, mm. it's it's the Adriatic and, you know, post probably World War One or World War Two or whatever. I'd say probably World War One, but World War One, um, I think, yeah, yeah. But it, it's not necessarily Italian like through and through. I, I think that more just comes from you know the time he's spending in. I forgot where it was. Was it in Milan? Oh, right, he was in Milan just for the plane fixing, but I think he was in France maybe for the other parts of the movie right it's not necessarily you know italian centric in that regard other than the the time he spends in milan and that part's perfect so i i don't think you know it's enhanced because um you know my italian background i i think it's just good for anyone personally yeah i i would be curious to see this movie from a woman's point of view because for for me i feel like for a guy it just hits hits different like it has like Porco's the quintessential like 1940s man, like drinks hard whiskey, quiet but tough, like kind of a cowboy, smokes a bunch of cigarettes probably, and uh, doesn't talk a lot, doesn't really get in touch with his emotions, but he's also so cool. And then it sort of brings him to like a healthy, more modern man as they break him down. So for me, it's sort of, that's, I guess that's probably where it tugs at the right places for me. And I wonder from a woman's point of view, what if they think of it any differently. I know my wife hated it, <laughs> which is a major bummer. Cause I I love this movie, but when we first watched it, this this is probably at the bottom of her Ghibli movie list. Wow! So uh, so there is a stark difference for genders potentially. Because no, I was like, maybe I mean, I'm this is just an, this. This is just an anecdote. You know, it doesn't apply to everyone, I'm sure. But for her and I, I loved it. She did not. It could be. I mean, it, it feels like one of those old man in the sea type of pieces of work where it's like. A guy might be like, yeah, that's the man's hero's journey. And a woman's like, this is so stupid. No, you know what? Like, why does he think, just talk to his girlfriend? I think it's the part where they're punching each other for like 15 minutes at the end of the movie. That really <laughs> that's is the where best she part. fell off. It's not the best part. 
oh I, I disagree it was definitely one of the best parts of that movie it's it's so stupid but i really enjoyed it i love how they're just like taking the the bets and everyone's throwing their money around and they're trying to profit off of the whole thing it's just it's played so stupid and funny there's, there's so much going on in that scene yeah and it's like why don't they just talk to talk to the people who they need to talk to but they're just dumb pig-headed men and they have to they have to do it this way <laughs> yet Theo is the one that controls them all yeah yeah i love how like there's literally like 70 million pirates who are all just controlled by this like 17 year old girl just because she's like you guys gotta relax and show some respect where's your honor and then you have a. Uh, robert uh raymond's brother just being like yeah you guys shut the hell up like listen to Theo, and they're like yeah, yeah yeah you got it boss this is absolutely my favorite role that brad garrett has ever played it's the pirate in this movie <laughs> and i watch more than everybody most loves of everybody raymond. loves raymond absolutely what a travesty to even watch that show okay relax we're sitting here having a nice conversation about the pride of italy and you're gonna sit here and say these horrible <laughs> things about everybody loves raymond I, I will That's not disgusting. go off on the tangent of everybody loves Raymond, but Rob, clearly I think, you don't. <laughs> is there anything else that I feel like we haven't really touched on Gina too much, um, or Piccolo? Is there anywhere else that you think we should explore? I mean, Piccolo's hilarious. He's <laughs> he just feels like that like stupid like uh, you know character that all these Ghibli movies have. But there's something about his design with the glasses that make him feel even. I don't know. He should feel like weak and useless, but like he also has that confidence where he's just sitting there telling Porco, like, you're going to need more money. Now it's going to cost you more. Now you got to listen to all these women. That's that's the decision they've made. You know, you could take your business elsewhere. And it's just like, it's just a funny juxtaposition because he looks so silly and stupid in his design and weak compared to, you know, Porco, who could easily just, you know, threaten and kill him, but wallop him. Yeah. But no, he's, he's like the puppet master. And, yeah. And I think most of anything of Piccolo, like his his voice actor was phenomenal. Like it just brought me to Italy. Or maybe Brooklyn. Oh, I, I don't loved know. I loved whatever that accent was that he put on. Not a not a authentic Italian accent for sure, but it was exactly what was needed for this movie. It's like everyone's from Italy, and then the only person who actually has the slightest Italian accent is Piccolo and like three of the nonas, and then no one else speaks yeah. any Italian <laughs> in this voice acting. Which was, you know, it made sense. It worked, okay? Michael Keaton is not even Italian. I think maybe we can jump over to Michael Keaton, because if I had one problem with this movie, it's Michael Keaton is not actually voice acting for 75% of this movie. You mean he's not acting, like, at all, or that he doesn't have enough speaking role? The former. Or do you say that he's just talking? He's literally just talking. Like, he, he emotes a little bit during the scenes where he needs to emote, and that's, I think, where he's actually doing a very good job. But the scenes where it's like, where he's supposed to be this stoic, tough guy pig, he, he's, he's got to put a little more emotion. It's so flat, so monotone that it kind of took me out of it, personally. I, I don't disagree, honestly. Um, but I think he makes up for it with his laugh. He has one scene where his laugh is just, like, yes. really exuberant and, like, like from the belly you could feel it and i i appreciate that from michael keaton I, i'm surprised that you agree with me on this one because you have been saying you don't like the movie about an italian pig voiced by michael keaton that i thought that was such a strong part of the appeal it's more like in title it sounds cool whereas in practice yes, absolutely you know it, it's not full on there that that's the problem is because i believe that michael keaton could have done the entire movie more strongly based on the fact that I saw some of those little peaks, but the rest of it, 
wasn't all there. Like, just give me an extra 20% and, and I would have loved it even more. But besides that, I really didn't have any issue with the movie. No, it's still good, though. Absolutely, Michael Keaton was good in it. He just could have been great. Yeah. I, I was actually talking to, I know a guy at G Kids, and I was asking, like, how do you guys do the dub voiceover? I was like, do you guys, like, cut scenes? Because obviously the, the lip sync was originally in Japanese. And I thought that they edited the movie a little bit to, like, reuse certain mouthpieces. He's like, we don't touch the film. Like, we're not mm -hmm. allowed to touch the film. Yeah. So they just pull the noise out of it, and then they just have an uh, actor come into the studio, and they're like, you have three days to dub over this thing and match the lips as best as you can and you're probably not going to get paid that much but you're going to love it but wow that's shocking how long have they been they've been doing the dubs ghibli um i mean g kids not that long because originally disney had it and then i think disney ruined yeah. their relationship with miyazaki and g kids maybe took it over in the last like five to ten years so maybe only right. three to five movies so i don't think they did porco interesting I'm just trying to think, like, I know in some, I think it's Kiki in particular, where the dub, I th believe, kind of changed what they did with Gigi at the end, where I think at the end mm. of the actual movie, Gigi doesn't speak again, but it, it, no, Gigi does speak again, but in the dub, he never speaks again. Oh. But that also might be because his Phil Hartman died, and that's who voiced Gigi. <laughs> but also, I don't know if that's timeline is where it needs to be i'm not positive on this interesting i've never seen kiki in japanese so i did not know that i always thought that the cat just she just lives accepting um the cat not speaking again i'm not positive on this don't quote me on it <laughs> um but rob is there anything else we have to say about porco rosso i just wish there was some merch <laughs> i'd love some porco merch what's our porco merch what are we getting like a plane, honestly, like a model of his plane. Oh, that's good. Would be perfect. I went. I went straight to clothes. I wanted the black little circular sunglasses. Oh, that would look cool. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I feel like Porco could be a good costume, but neither of us are like portly. I could pull it off. Oh, that's easy. Just just throw a pillow in there. Get a trench coat. Yeah, you know what? Might be a go-to at some point. Once I'm once I'm a fatter <laughs> dad in a few years, that might be the move. Or or you could be Piccolo and I could be Theo. Oh my god, that would be perfect. That might be the one. <laughs> Six foot two Theo. Or you could be the dumb American and I'll be Piccolo. I'll be I'll be uh Robert. I'll be Raymond's brother. Oh perfect. Okay. We got it nailed. Robert, I think we are at the point in time where we reach ranking. I think we've both spoken very highly of this movie. I don't think the ranking will be too surprising. It's just a matter of how far it will go. I will go with a very, very solid A. I am the same. Nice, solid A. Now, let me ask this. What do you give Spirited Away? Oh, that's so tough. I think I think Spirited Away is also an A. But mm -hmm. like, okay. I think artistically, it's a higher A. But in terms of fondness of the movie, this is a higher A, if that makes any sense at all. I, no, I get exactly what you're saying. In terms of ob objectivity, Spirited Away is a great piece of cinema. But in terms of pure enjoyment, you just get more out of Porco Rosso. So where does, I guess, by that same notion, like, where does Kiki hit for you? Kiki's like an S for Kiki's you, Kiki's right? an S. But Kiki's an easy S. That's not even a conversation. How, how about from, like, an objective standpoint? Do you think it's, like, a better movie as well? Than Porco Rosso, Kiki? Mm. Mm. I'd have to sit on that. That's not something I can answer right, right this second. Okay, I, I think Kiki fair. might have a little bit more. No, honestly, you 
I think the development of Porco is very underrated in Porco Rosso. And mm-hmm. Porco becoming Marco again is very subtle, but it's there. And I, I think with a few more watches, I think that's something people would appreciate more. Yeah. I like how they don't actually show you his face. Like they sort of just like run off into the sunset. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of leaves that wanting. Like, I think if you actually saw his face at the end, it also, you, you kind of fall flat. You kind of be like, oh, that's it. But the fact that you don't get to see it, you're like, oh man, I wish I got to see it. But you're like, okay, that you didn't. Yeah, no, it's perfect as it is, honestly. I remember, I thought that Theo was the one who saw him at the end and it was sort of this sweet romantic scene, but it's him and freaking the the American pilot from Texas <laughs> who's like, hey, let me see your face. And then I was like... It's just silly at that point, once again. And that's what it should be. Yeah. It's perfect. That was the right move. Oh, man. Well, that's our review of Porco Rosso. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, Robert. Any any closing remarks for our friends? Molto bene. Arrivederci. 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 Ciao. Capo goal. (laughs) 